Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the parables of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he taught through parables and what he said. We're going to look at, uh, continue looking at Matthew 18 right now, but I want to encourage you to understand what's happening here. Jesus was, is having an encounter. Okay? He's having an encounter with a group of people, and he gives a couple of two or three parables, but there's uh, situations here. There's circumstances. There's background. There's context. In this particular 18th chapter, the disciples, if you remember, had been arguing over who is the greatest among them? <laughs> you know, can you imagine? Sure, we can imagine because we're the same way, right? We get caught up in those kind of things. So Jesus had told them that you had to come, uh, you had to believe by faith, you had to be as a child. And then Jesus warned them not to be a stumbling block, not to be a stumbling block to each other. Then Jesus gave them a parable, the parable of the uh, lost sheep. And how the Lord will go out for the one out of the 100. Now, Matthew continues on. The last verse we read was Matthew uh, 18, 14. It says this. So it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones perish. So Jesus continues talking according to the Matthew account here. Verse 15, he says this. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. So from verses 15 to 20 that I'm about to read right here, Jesus talks to us and shows us what to do when a brother, this is someone who's a believer, when someone sins, how to handle this thing. And he's actually, the very next thing after this is going to be the parable of the unforgiving servant, a servant who's forgiven, but then he refuses to forgive somebody else. So you see why it's important to know the context of this. So again, verse 15, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. So let me just tell you what's going on right here as we read it because of our shortness of time. He's showing us how to handle the sin of a brother. If a brother sins and you know it, you need to go to him and and show it to him. Say, hey, man, this right here is something you don't need to be doing. If he repents of it, if he listens to you, you've won your brother over. In other words, you have really helped him. He's turned away from his sin, and you both just keep on living. But if he doesn't listen to you, if he rejects you, if he rebuffs you, then what you do is you go get somebody to come with you, one or two other people. Why? Well, it brings a quote here out of the Old Testament, that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. So you may take somebody else with you or two people with you, two or th- so there'll be two or three people who witness this, this thing. Verse 17, Jesus continues, If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let, it be, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. <laughs> That's sort of a besmirching, right? Uh, no, what it's really saying is, if he doesn't listen to anybody, then let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. That doesn't mean that it gives you authority to hate him. 
It doesn't necessarily get, I mean that it gives you authority to reject him. What is being said is you will know that he's not truly saved. Let him be to you as a Gentile and as a tax collector. So you have a brother. It looks like he truly is a brother. And if he repents, he is a brother. If he refuses to repent, then what's been revealed? That he's a false brother. Yeah. So look at the pattern right here. First thing is, if a brother sins, you go to him individually. You don't call him before the church first thing. You go to him individually. If he listens to, to you, then you've won him over. That means he repents, he confesses, and he moves on, and you move on. Nothing else is said. No gossip. None of this uh, Christian love, I need to tell you about this. No, no, none of that. If he doesn't listen to you, then you take one or two people with you, and you confirm the facts, and you uh, approach him again. If he doesn't listen to you then, then you uh, take it to the church, okay? If he refuses to listen to them, you take it to the church. We're not told how you do this, and there's any multitudes way. We're not even told exactly, take, uh, take it to the church. What does that mean? Do you take it to the church leadership? Do you take it to uh, the church body as a whole? And throughout the uh, last couple thousand years, there's been all sorts of ways that churches have done this. Generally speaking, out of my background, and a background of a lot of folks in our area around here, churches don't do this at all. They don't do it at all. They just ignore, and they don't uh, apply what the Lord says to do to help a brother to get out of his sin. But however it may be, whether it's the entire body, whether it's leadership, and I, I think it's the, uh, um, a case-by-case -case kind of thing. If it's a grievous sin which has affected the entire body and is known by the entire body and by the entire community, then you take it for the body. If it's something that's just happened within that individual themselves, there's no reason to bring everybody into it. You bring the church leadership into it. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then let him be as a Gentile, as a tax collector. He's not really of one of y'all. Verse 18, Jesus says this, Truly I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Well, don't you know people have a hard time with that verse, knowing what that means? Let me continue. We'll talk a little bit. 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three have gathered together in my name, I am there in their midst. That verse is quoted all the time uh, among the body of Christ in reference to Bible study times and prayer times and worship times. It's in the context of what we call church discipline, okay, of approaching a brother and trying to get a brother to repent from sin. It's in that context. So what does that mean? Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. He's saying this, if two of you gather together and you seek me, and you have my mind here on a matter, then whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. If you look at this brother and you say you haven't repented, you're stealing your sins, that's a binding on the earth. If he repents, you can look at him and say, you have been set free of your sins. You are loosed. You're loosed here on earth. You're loosed in heaven. A lot of times people in this situation say, well, I don't feel like it. Don't go by the feeling. Go by the very fact that we can declare to you that the Lord has forgiven you. Now start walking in that forgiveness and watch what he does. And so what it is, the binding and the loosening comes about because we have the mind of the Lord. And he uses us to speak forth his truth. 
to bind up those who refuse to sin, to reject the sin, and to set free and to loose those who repent and who turn away from their sin, set them free to the liberty the Lord has called us to. Anyway, Matthew 18, verses 15 through 20. Check it out. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.